a survey in the U.S. says that an adult makes an average of around 35,000 choices a day. These choices include the simple ones like what to eat, what to wear, when to go out, what movies to watch, and also the complicated ones like what to do in life, what career path to take, who to marry, where to live, where to work, or where to study. The reality is that the choices we make every day, whether trivial or life-changing, intentional or unintentional, will actually help determine the kind of life we live. As believers, how do we make sure that the choices we make will result to godly change? This is crucial because we don't want to be surprised one day to find ourselves distant from our Lord, scrambling to find joy, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Not only that, we also don't want to anchor our choices on things that will eventually lose its value. We want choices that ultimately result to godly change in our lives. Today, we will be studying Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, the story where Zacchaeus meets Jesus. And we will try to discover biblical principles that will help guide us in making choices that lead to godly change. I'm not talking about changes or changing the situation or changing the environment around us, but rather personal godly change that is based on an encounter with the Lord and a realization that He is far more valuable than anything else in the world. Luke, the author, also wanted godly change to take place in the minds of his audience, the Gentiles. The Gentiles were considered people who were seen as the most non-spiritual. They were considered unclean, unrighteous, and they were not expected to abide by the spiritual, the religious Jewish rules. They were considered outsiders, far from God, and yet they too saw that change can take place in everyone. Many of us seek godly change and spiritual improvements in our lives. Every start of the year, many of us perhaps will write down our own personal resolutions, not just the physical goals like losing weight or the financial ones like earning the most amount of money, but also the spiritual, to be closer to God, to stop this habit of sin, to read the Bible more consistently, to be more active at the church, to get it right with God, or to get rid of sins. You know, I hope and pray that those who may desire godly change in their lives will discover principles that will not only encourage them to desire godly change, but also enable them to live joyfully, faithfully, and purposefully in their lives today. Here's principle number one. Godly change begins when we actively seek the Lord. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. 
we read in our passage today that Jesus entered the city of Jericho and was just passing through. This will be the place, the setting, where we will see what happened in order for godly change to take place. To give you a bigger picture, our passage is part of the ongoing ministry of Jesus, a ministry of introducing Himself, His identity, His character, His mission to the people. And He was gaining popularity so much so that the crowds would naturally gather around Him like how crowds would perhaps flock around famous celebrities such as Michael Jordan or probably a Hyun Bin. And so Jesus was on the move. And if you read the Gospels, you would know that he was on his way to Jerusalem where he will eventually lay his life down on the cross. He was just passing through when he entered Jericho. We are not told if he had intentionally passed by Jericho for this event or if he had planned to stop along the way, or to stay overnight, or what. He was just passing through when we are introduced to a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, by definition, his name means pure or innocent. But later we find out that he is not someone who has lived up to his name. In fact, Zacchaeus would not be someone you would consider giving your time to. The Bible tells us that he is not just an ordinary tax collector, but rather he was the big boss, the chief, the superior, the head of many. And being a chief tax collector, he was perhaps despised and hated by the community. Because as he would later on admit in the next few verses, that he cheated and extorted money from the people for his own personal benefit. He was wealthy at the expense of people who were left hurt and angry. You know, this is not the type of man that you'd expect Jesus to meet. Also not the kind of person you'd expect to be in a church or in a life group or in any religious activities. Because of his moral failures, you would actually think that he has no right to step foot at the church or maybe to hold the Bible or maybe to be associated with, with God or with the church or maybe to get a good name whatsoever because of what he has done. In our time today, perhaps these can be considered the scammers. When you are in business, you do not want to be associated in any way with any scammer, especially nowadays online scammers. These could be the drug addicts, the thieves, people with bad reputation, those in the scandals, those who struggle with womanizing, with gambling, and so on. In our church, you know, there are also Zacchaeuses. Do you agree with that? People who struggle, people who need a Savior. What is so different about Zacchaeus that Jesus would later on stop to meet him? We want to know this because this is the man admittedly and obviously flawed and imperfect but also the man which we would later see godly change take place in his life. Zacchaeus was wealthy, but it did not mean that he was also happy. Because material wealth does not equate to happiness. You can be wealthy, but still at the same time feel incomplete and empty deep inside. Lord, verse 3. 
and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was not just wealthy, but he also had a desire to see Jesus. Although there was a problem, he was too short that he could not see over the crowd. Before we move on, I'd like us to notice the presence of two things. The presence of both the desire and the problem. There was a desire to see Jesus, but there was also a problem for Zacchaeus, his height. I've never been to Jericho, but I've read from Bible researchers and scholars that the average height at that time for people in Jericho was just around five feet. Five feet, that's the average. And Zacchaeus was even shorter because he couldn't see over the crowd. Perhaps his height was just around four, four, six, four, seven, four, eight, or even less. All that he could see was the backs of the people. When you're trying to see something in front, Pero you're surrounded with tall people. Means and if you, even if you tiptoe, it's hard for you to see what's happening because you're all covered up with the crowd around you. Although the crowd prevented Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus, what is also noticeable was not only his great desire but also his persistence. He did not let the situation, the hindrances or the problems defeat his desires. We see in verse 4 that when he couldn't see over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree in order to see Jesus. The original word that was used to describe his desire you know, carries the idea of trying. This is not the try we say when we are invited to a party and we have no intentions of going. So you respond, Sige, try ko. I'll see, maybe... Subukan ko. This is not that kind of trying. You know, Zacchaeus trying, this is an active effort to try, to devote serious effort to realize one's desire or objective. This was a sincere desire for Zacchaeus to see Jesus. A desire that leads to actions. How do we see the sincere desire in Zacchaeus? This is seen when he ran ahead we don't know how fast he ran or how far he ran, but he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed a sycamore fig tree. Kung wala sigurong tree, probably he could have hopped on to one of the tall shoulders there. Ganon ka-passionate and ka-persistent si Zacchaeus. Let me just remind you again, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Imagine your boss, your respectable boss perhaps, climbing a tree just to see someone. You know, Zacchaeus was actively seeking Jesus. Let me just try to point out something here. You know, a sincere desire to see Jesus should lead us to make proactive steps to meet that desire. Because those who truly and sincerely desire will see reasons to climb that tree. But those who are negative will see reasons why not to climb that tree. People will find solutions to problems 
and some people will find problems to the solution. If you were Zacchaeus during that time, will you also climb that tree just to see a glimpse of Jesus? Or will you think of reasons why you should not climb that tree? Baka kasi mataas. Or maybe you'll think, ang hirap, it's inconvenient. Maybe nakakatamad. Maybe baka madulas, you'd fall. Maybe you'll think about your status, baka hindi bagay sa akin, nakakawala ng poise, or baka ma-turn off yung crush ko na nakatingin. When you see avenues to grow in your relationship with God, or when you feel that God is speaking to you through His Word, or through the Holy Spirit who is leading you, or through the church, do you see it as a solution to meet your desire to grow? Or would you find reasons to see it something else? You know, you, you might say, I want godly change and life transformation, pero I don't want to read the Bible kasi it's boring. I want to know God's will for my life, but I don't want to listen to the message, especially listen to the pastor who is speaking. He's not cute. Or kasi meron siyang pimple. There are many things that Zacchaeus could have thought during that time. He could have thought, hindi bagay sa akin yan. Yung praise God, praise God. You know, I've committed so many sins and so many mistakes. God is also angry at me. He will not have time for someone like me. I was born this way. I will die this way. It is hard. And it is harder to change. I cannot do it. He could have thought of all those things. But he did not let his past the situational hindrances at the present limit him from coming to Jesus. Our church is also a place where the Zacchaeuses are welcome. The rich, the poor, the powerful, the ordinary. Because everyone needs a Savior. Our church appreciates those who, even in challenging times such as today, find a way to thrive spiritually. They make proactive steps making use of what is there, our online service, their life groups, step classes, video messages, in order for them to grow in their relationship with God so that godly change can take place in their lives. When you seek Him, it's not that you will find God, but rather, it's more like God will find you. God recognizes those who actively seek Him. Godly change begins when we actively seek the Lord. Principle number two. Godly change happens when we choose to intentionally follow the Lord. Actively seeking God is one thing. Intentionally following God is another. Luke chapter 19 verses 5 to 7 says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. We continue in our passage and see this interaction between Jesus and Zacchaeus. While Jesus was walking through Jericho, he noticed something. Again, we are not told if it was intentional as part of Jesus' plan or was he just so amazed at the efforts of Zacchaeus that he took notice of it? 
But what we do know is that when he reached that exact spot where he wanted to be, he stopped, he looked up, and he called out the name of Zacchaeus. But what fascinates me even more is the fact that Jesus knows the name of Zacchaeus. How did Jesus know his name? You know, if, 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 if it is our first time to meet and immediately you call me by name, I will be shocked and surprised and probably think that you did a background check on me. What was so extraordinary about Zacchaeus that made Jesus notice him? Everyone, I would say, knew who Zacchaeus was because they hated him because of the corruption that he has done. But I think what shocked the people um, the more was not just that Jesus knew him by name, but more so that Jesus would choose someone like Zacchaeus and would stop and fellowship with this small man. This gives us a hint of the kind of savior, the kind of shepherd that we have, one who is intentionally compassionate, one who is loving, and one who is forgiving. When Jesus stopped for Zacchaeus, it was not a mistake. Perhaps some would expect Jesus to call on and notice only those who are spiritual, the obedient, the faithful, those who are well-versed in the Bible, those who are active in the Bible, active in the Scriptures, active in the Church, which He does, by the way, and He blesses them as well. But He is also a Savior towards those who are like Zacchaeus, the broken, the lost, the struggling, those who are desiring for improvements and godly change in their lives. I wonder how and what it felt like for Zacchaeus when he heard Jesus call out his name. You know, the feeling of excitement and enthusiasm that you get when you are chosen out of all the people around you. Alam mo minsan, when you join a raffle, diba sometimes there are raffles or there are restaurants fast food supermarkets or stores that does raffles. And sometimes ako, when I see a price, it's like house and lot, a brand new car, cash price, a trip to Europe. Sometimes, even if I'm not hungry, you know, we buy something just to join the raffle, ba? Who among you does that too? Tapos the raffle stub, sometimes people put it inside their Bibles, Baka manalo. Tapos talagang, they say, Pastor, please pray for me. Sometimes, even the number of raffle entries or the number they choose, they base it on biblical numerology. They choose seven, thinking perfect number. You know, they wish or we wish we would win. Imagine one day, your name is called as the grand prize winner. You'd be surprised, I would say. Jackpot. Talagang jackpot. When Jesus called the name of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us, was exuberant, was joyful. Come on down immediately, as Jesus said. Zacchaeus won the jackpot. Because perhaps he knew when Jesus called his name, a hundred billion of his failures disappeared. It's over now for him. Together with all of his background, his past, his sin, his reputation, his shortcomings, and all. All the things are brand new. 
What people say to him no longer matters because the Savior has seen him. To God, it doesn't matter what your history is, like Zacchaeus, because he can make it his story. Godly change is based on a personal encounter with God. Who among you believes that your story can be God's story? Jesus asked him to come down immediately with a sense of urgency so that he could stay at his house today. Now, and what was the response of Zacchaeus? He immediately followed Jesus and welcomed him into his home. Jesus self-invited. He said, I must stay at your house. But I don't think Jesus was hungry during that time. This self-invite by Jesus was actually a significant gesture. Today, if I would self-invite to your house, you would probably think that it's quite off. Parang invasion of privacy. It's like, it's like feeling close. But when Jesus did it, it actually was a gesture of, I would say, radical acceptance and affirmation for Zacchaeus. Why? Remember that during those times, there were cultural restrictions being implemented as to whom you could eat with because eating together was also a form of associating oneself with someone. It was an intimate form of fellowship. In politics, when someone, let's say the president, invites someone from a different political color and they share meals together and they spend time fellowshipping with one another, the whole nation, I suppose, will start to speculate because what they see is a powerful symbol. When Jesus invited himself over to the house of someone like Zacchaeus, it was a powerful symbol to the community. It was like saying, Zacchaeus has been accepted by God. You are on the same side with God and that God is with you. You have his approval. Understandably, the response of Zacchaeus was that of joy and excitement because he was chosen and accepted. And this gives us a picture of the heart of God for the lost. A heart that is full of compassion. Notice, no words, no other words were mentioned. No finger pointing, no condemning, no historical talk, no sermon without passage. Just Jesus and His love and His welcoming arms towards Zacchaeus. It reflects Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And it affirms Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him, in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Love has changed Zacchaeus. And this personal encounter allowed him to understand and to experience the presence of our loving and compassionate God. God's compassion and love is the foundation on which life transformation can take place. And I would say that a personal relationship with God is necessary before godly change or life transformation can take place. Zacchaeus met Jesus and Jesus knew Zacchaeus by name. 
While Zacchaeus was full of joy, the crowd, on the other hand, wasn't very happy after all. Ito na naman yung crowd. I want you to look at their reaction. They were very happy. Joke. Instead of celebrating someone's victory and life transformation, the crowd muttered, they grumbled, because perhaps it scandalized them to see Jesus choosing to fellowship with one who would not pass their spiritual moral standards. The crowd, the public, not only are these the people who hindered Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus earlier, these are the ones who now are the ones who do not want to see Zacchaeus prosper spiritually. These are the people like they make shady comments. He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. They were not very happy to see Zacchaeus meeting Jesus. These are the people who perhaps when you start to become active and growing in your walk with God, they question, paano naging active yan sa church? Eh, ang gulo ng buhay niyan. Paano naging growing yan in his relationship with God? Eh, ang sama ng ugali niyan. Nako, kaya lang yan naging active the only reason why he's active is because he wants to eat food, from free food from the church. Or kaya lang yan nag-volunteer is because he's after a girl na gusto niyang ligawan. When you want to make progress in your walk with God, remember Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, fix your eyes on Jesus and follow Him only. Regardless of how people reacted and what they said, Zacchaeus followed Jesus and welcomed him into his house with great joy. A young man was eager to grow in his Christian life. He got a piece of paper and made a list of what he would do for God. He wrote down a list of what he would give up, areas he would minister to, activities or involvements that he would join, he was excited and he took the list to the church and put it on the altar. He thought that he would feel joy, but instead he felt empty. So he went home and started adding to the list. He wrote down more and more and more things that he would do for God and things he wouldn't do for God. He took the, he took the longer version of the list and put it on the altar the following day. But again, he still felt empty deep inside. He went to a, to a wise old pastor for advice and told him the situation and asked for help. The pastor said to him, take a blank sheet of paper, sign your name at the bottom, and put it on the altar. Friends, when we choose to intentionally follow the Lord, God sets the terms, and sometimes it will be difficult. To Zacchaeus, following the Lord, meant coming down immediately, opening his house, and welcoming and fellowshipping with Jesus, regardless of what the people say. To some of us, following the Lord perhaps means to cut off an illegal relationship that we have, to discontinue a bad habit, to stop living in sin, to handle our finances and businesses in godly manner, to stop cheating, to start treating our parents better, to let go of our past hurts, to forgive someone, to choose to be more patient. To some, following the Lord means to, 
to be more consistent with our online service, to be more consistent with reading the Bible, to join perhaps a life group, to pray regularly, to love His family more consistently, to adjust our priorities, and the list goes on. Yes, it is easier said than done. Someone said that if you want to see change in your life, you must be willing to do things you have never done before. Godly change happens when we choose to intentionally follow the Lord. Principle number three, godly change results to restoration and leads to right living. Luke chapter 19 verses 8 to 10 says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In verses 8 to 10, we see Zacchaeus that has been changed by his encounter with God. We read, Zacchaeus stood up, which shows his posture, a posture of humility before our Lord. That he was most probably either sitting down, kneeling, or laying flat on the ground before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, Look, Lord, presenting himself before the Lord as someone who understood how God had dealt with him. Perhaps to the surprise of many, to the surprise of the crowd, we see the noticeable change of hearts through his words. In one, he gives half of his possessions to the poor, not after he dies, but here and now. Note that nowhere in the passage did Jesus ask Zacchaeus to give half of his wealth to the poor, but Zacchaeus voluntarily gave half of it to the poor. Not only that, the second change, to those whom he has cheated in the past, he promised to pay them back four times the amount. This is above and beyond the required expected refund based on the Old Testament, which was simply the amount times plus 20% of that amount. Imagine the refund is times four you would probably want Zacchaeus to cheat you during that time. It is a good investment. Automatic, times for a God. This is not bragging, or what we call today, flexing. This is not a way of getting the approval of the Savior, because Zacchaeus already had that. But what was Zacchaeus doing here? I believe Zacchaeus did this because or out of a heart of gratitude because he has met the Savior and that day he realized that Jesus is far better and infinitely more valuable than all the money that he could afford. He can give away all his wealth and still have a life worth living because he has found the real treasure, Jesus, and the joy that Jesus has given him. This speaks to us about so many things when we want godly change to take place in our lives. Sinning or cheating and sin and the new life God gives us are never compatible when we want 
to live right before God. We need to clear ourselves of the sins that hinder us from following the Lord. Sometimes when you want to live right before God, you've got to make it right with those whom you have wronged. Like Zacchaeus, when he did return the refund. Godly change should be seen in our outward actions. And sometimes when we choose to follow Christ, it can be costly. It can cost us sometimes our money or our convenience or profit or your stature. When we choose to follow Christ, notice in Zacchaeus' pattern for righteous living, he honors Jesus first, he refunds others second, and himself is last on the list. All these godly changes that we see in Zacchaeus show us an important truth, spiritual truth, that the presence of inward faith in a person can be seen through his outward actions. Right belief in God should lead to right actions and right living. The change of heart is evident from a Zacchaeus who is greedy and who steals money from people to one who is generous and willing to let go of his money just to make it right with those whom he has cheated. From one who is a sinner to one who has turned to God, he has welcomed Christ in his home and he has become an honest and generous man who is striving to live righteously before God. Godly change has indeed taken place because he has experienced God in his life. I've seen this change happen in so many of our church people today. Just this week, I received a couple of messages from people who said that this quarantine situation not only allowed them to spend more time with their families, but it also enabled them to grow and to work on and to focus on their relationship with God. I've seen in our church people who did not care about God before, but now are one of the most faithful, one of the most consistent in their relationship with the Lord. People who have struggled with relationships but are now one of the most faithful and sweet ones to their partners, they have changed and God has changed them. I myself also know this because I experienced God's grace in my life as well. I wasn't the best and holiest of kids growing up. Although I studied in a Christian school and was exposed to Christian teachings, I had no regard for God growing up. I lived for myself and the spiritual matters did not have any space in my life. Although I did not kill anyone or what, I know that before God, I am as guilty as everyone. I'd speak bad words, I'd cheat, I was disobedient, I'd get involved in a fight, I'd lie, I'd do stuff that doesn't bring glory and honor to God. My ambitions were just for myself and I didn't take God seriously. When I became a believer, and more so when my friends knew that I was thinking about becoming a pastor, you know, they were shocked because they didn't see it coming. It was a surprise to them. Back then, I was a slave to insecurity and my value as a person was attached to what I felt the people thought of me. Until one day, 
God spoke to me through one of the messages I heard and I understood His love for me. A love that took my sins, all of my sins, and nailed it to the cross so that I could be set free from the bondage that I was in and that I could live a life of freedom in Christ. Now I live for Christ, not out of duty or obligation, but because I understood His compassion and His love for me, and it compels me to live right, to live for Him. I agree with what Philippians wrote in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, wherein he said, No one who meets Jesus ever stays the same. Zacchaeus was a changed man. I was a changed man. And let us look at what Jesus said to Zacchaeus in verse 9. Publicly, in front of all the people who were against and who grumbled against Zacchaeus, Jesus affirms and says to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. These are life-giving words to Zacchaeus because finally, Zacchaeus is saved from the guilt of his sins. He is released from not just the penalty of his past, but also the power of it. Someone who has the authority and who has the right has freed him from the chains of his past. He is no longer a slave of the vicious cycle of sin and of stealing and of cheating and of lying and of robbing people of their money. He has been rescued from it, not because he gave his possessions to the poor, not because he he became a member of the church, not because he is good-looking and he did this and that, but because he encountered a person, the Son of God, Jesus, whose mission is to find Zacchaeus and more Zacchaeuses, the lost, the struggling, the broken people, those desiring godly changes in their lives. For someone to say that Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham, actually, is scandalous, is outrageous to the Jewish ears. It's It's like what? It's like that. Because Abraham is a symbol of faith, obedience to God, spiritual blessings, he is highly respected, and Zacchaeus is not. They are incompatible in a sense. Someone is just not deserving to be called a son of Abraham, to belong to God's family and to belong to faith. And to Zacchaeus, I would say it was also scandalous How can one who is so unworthy like him, so undeserving, be recognized, be known, and be seen by Jesus? It is called grace. Grace means that God loves us, accepts us, forgives us, saves us, not because of who we are or what we have done, but because of who He is, His nature and His character to be gracious In the story of Zacchaeus, you know, we see grace in this way. It is being chosen by God. That's grace. It is encountering God personally. That is grace. It is knowing who God is intimately. That is grace. It is being saved eternally. That is grace. It is God's grace that brings about godly changes in the life of an individual. Zacchaeus didn't deserve any of this, and neither do we. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Colossians 2.13 says, You were dead in your sins. 
When you go to the cemetery, we see dead people. No matter how long I speak or how hard I try or how many verses I read to them, dead people will not respond. They cannot respond simply because they are dead. But God, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, but God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace that we are saved and that we are given new life and a new chance and a new beginning and a new opportunity to live right before God. I am glad that our church seeks to become a place where grace abounds, where the lost, the broken, and everyone is free to come. In our DNA, if you've attended our membership class, we strive to become a place, a safe place, where the spiritually broken is welcome. Because it is also the very reason why God would choose to send His Son, Jesus, from heaven to come to earth, to go through what He went through, to endure, to endure, to endure, to suffer death on the cross in order to pay the penalty of the sins which we couldn't afford to pay so that we could enjoy the abundant life we do not deserve. From the very words of Jesus, we see a clear summary purpose, summary statement of His mission. He says in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He sought to seek and to save people, even to the point of giving up His own life in order to find them and to save them. This reflects John 1.29, wherein it is stated, He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus is looking for more Zacchaeuses whose hearts are actively seeking Him so that He can restore them and bring about godly change in their life. Godly change results to restoration and it leads to right living. I believe this story is not about Zacchaeus, but it is about Jesus, the kind of God that He is, loving, compassionate, gracious, and forgiving, and how He can bring about godly change in you and me today. If there is one thing I'd like all of us to remember in this message, it is this. Change begins with a choice. Change begins with a choice. Godly change begins when we choose to actively seek God, to follow Him, and to live right for the Lord. Do you want godly change to happen in your life? At the church office, we work in a very fun-loving environment where we eat together, we go out together, we laugh together, we cry together. And not only that, we also play friendly pranks on each other together. 
So one afternoon at around 5 p.m., when the office was about to close, and as everyone was about uh, to go home, one of our staff decided to go to the CR first. We know that this staff was quite afraid of the dark. And so while the staff was at the CR, the other staff thought about playing a prank where we would turn off the lights and hide, pretending that there was no one inside the church office. So quickly, everyone, all 16, 17, 18 of us, scrambled to find our own hiding spots, some under the cubicle table, some inside the dark room, some behind the office curtain. And I also found my own hiding spot. In one of the office corners, I hid behind an office chair. If you know our office chair, it is one with um, wheels. It's like uh, four feet or three feet high. And I tried to hide my 200-pound body behind the office chair, thinking that it was big enough to cover me, plus the lights were turned off, so it was a bit dark, so I couldn't be seen. We hid while that staff was in the CR, while we were waiting and giggling, trying to contain our laughter so as not to make any noise that would spoil our prank. A few minutes later, we heard the doors open along with a few footsteps. We knew that the staff has come back and was wondering where we went and why all of a sudden it's totally dark inside the church office. While she was walking, she was searching for us inside the office. I heard names of staff members being called one by one. But there was no response. No one was responding. We were trying to contain our laughters, thinking that it was a success. Until I saw a feet in front of me. Then I heard my name being called. Victor, Victor. Hurry, Victor. Anong ginagawa mo dyan? Apparently, I was caught. I was seen by that staff. But I continued to ignore and look down and pretended to be invisible. Friends, God is still seeking and saving people today. He is looking for more and more Zacchaeus who desire godly change to take place in their lives. But God will never find us when we do not want to say, Here, Lord, I am here. No matter where you are today, you can always make that choice towards godly change. I started with a survey I found that says we make an average of 35,000 choices each day. My question for all of us today is this. Out of the 35,000 choices we make, how many of those choices are choices that lead towards godly change? How many of those choices are choices that leads toward godly change? This week, as you actively seek God, may He reveal Himself to you through His Word, through His Spirit, and may He also enable you, like Zacchaeus, 
to respond positively to Him in faith. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank You for giving us opportunities to know You. You know the hearts of the people who are here. You know, Lord, those who desire godly change but are struggling. You know, Lord, those who truly want to honor You and that they are trying their best. Lord, would You recognize them and see them where they are, Heavenly Father. I pray that You empower all of us, including myself, to make choices that lead to godly change in our lives. I pray this week that we would be able to honor You in our choices. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.